Welcome to The Better Life with Dr. Mary Ann Pinkston. Join Dr. Pinkston today as she teaches you how an integrative approach to health, combining holistic and contemporary medical information, can lead you to The Better Life. And now, here's your host, Dr. Mary Ann Pinkston. Hello, everybody, and welcome to The Better Life with Dr. Mary Ann Pinkston. I am Dr. Mary Ann Pinkston, and always a pleasure to sit with you guys and uh, talk to you a little bit about some medical topics, uh, both locally, uh, nationally, and, um, you know, information on integrative medicine that might help you to improve your life and give you a better life. So uh, if you want to go back and listen to some of my past shows, you can go to my website at drpbetterlife.com. There you will find all of the links to YouTube and iTunes, Spotify, all of the platforms uh, for podcasting. And of course, as always, you can hear me here on the radio, AM 930, The Answer. And I thank you guys for listening in. So today I'm going to kind of stay with the New Year's, uh, you know, uh, issues of weight loss. I think everybody makes a resolution to lose weight or is there some sort of self-improvement that goes along in the New Year's resolution category, but I think weight loss is probably the most important and the top and the most popular. So in that, a lot of people will begin anew. So the turn of the year, begin anew, start for a couple of weeks, and then they start to realize that there are some obstacles that stand in your way for eating well, exercising, starting your weight loss journey. And of course, anybody that starts a weight loss journey at any point during the year will recognize some of these obstacles. I wanted to go over a few and give you a couple of ideas about how to get past these obstacles. Now, remembering that I, at one point, had to face all of these obstacles myself. Uh, I've said it over and over again. I was 300 pounds at one point, lost 162 pounds. And, you know, that was five years ago and took me a about a year or two to get this accomplished. For 13 years, I was obese after rheumatoid arthritis and steroids and uh, a lot, you know, pregnancies, a lot of stress. I gained up to a big 300 pounds. And in order to lose weight, I had to face several issues that were very difficult that, you know, true for me and true for you. So I wanted to go over a few of these. I think one of the biggest things about starting a weight loss journey is wrapping your head around the fact that this is going to be a lifestyle change. Everybody needs a jump start in order to get going and, you know, lose a little bit to keep you motivated. You know, some people will try a keto diet and they'll drop 20 pounds all of a sudden and then they plateau, don't lose anymore. Then they go back to eating the regular way, start to gain weight again. And so those are the things that you want to avoid. You need to understand that these fad diets are not going to successfully get you to your goal. And Fast weight loss is not really weight loss. It's muscle loss. It's not fat loss. So we want to remember that it took me a year and two months to get that 162 off. Then it took me another year just to pick up from, you know, where my body left off losing all this fat, trying to gain muscle again and try to get my body back into shape and, you know, into better, uh, looking better. So one of those obstacles that I mentioned is then um, that, you know, expecting too much too soon. So poor expectations. Now, your expectations are that you're going to jump on this. You're going to lose a bunch of weight. You know, you've got that wedding coming up in three months. You've got 60 pounds to drop. You're going to get it done. If you just stay to it and that is 
really a, a, a bad expectation to set for yourself. Fast weight loss is not really weight loss. It's muscle loss. So trying to get results too quickly, too fast. And on top of that, then most of the time, people will turn to fad diets. That's the second obstacle, is trying to learn that you cannot do a fad diet, that you actually have to make some lifestyle changes slow and allow yourself time to adjust to your new eating style. The thing that happens there, too, is that you start to lower your cravings. You start to lower your need to have sodas or sugar or crunchy, salty, snacky things trying to get yourself to undo the eating at night that is done or try to undo the once a day eating and, you know, try to get your meals in line uh, through the day, eat enough during the day. Meal prepping, you've got to get in the habit of meal prepping and shopping for groceries ahead of time and making plans for when you are hungry and there's nothing around and keeping something in front of you or in a bag or with you that will help you get past that. So there's another obstacle is not being prepared. Most of the time we can eat well, but then work goes a little longer than we expected. We're on our way home. We're tired, really, really hungry, didn't bring anything with you, going to have to go home and cook a whole meal. What's the easiest thing to do? Pull over and buy something. And it's usually not something good. And take that home with you. And not only are you um, unwinding your own diet, but you're also sabotaging your family as well. So there's another obstacle too: sabotage. So have you ever noticed that when you really get your head wrapped around a weight loss goal and you get started, that your friends or your family, your spouse, your kids start to say things like, oh, you know, it's just one cookie. It's you can have it. You've been eating so good. So just have this one thing. And that is something they're not meaning to do, but many times that is a form of sabotage. And friends and family, people who love you the most, will generally do that to you. And it's, you know, there's a lot of psychology about it, kind of too much to go into today. And maybe we'll hit that one point. But sabotage is something that uh, friends and family, coworkers will do. They'll set things in front of you, keep things out. You'll ask them, please put that aside. Oh, no, everybody's going to want one. It's just one. You can have one and you know that once you have one you have several so you have to watch for those things and plan for that as well on the note of sabotage then there's self-sabotage so there's another obstacle how many times have you gotten started on something it doesn't matter what project you pick but especially in weight loss you get started on something and you tend to give up too easily Set those unrealistic expectations. All of those issues come to you to, you know, stay with it, get that willpower, keep in line, keep making those good choices. And we will do something to ourselves that just says, oh, I'm too tired today. Or, you know, I've lost 20 pounds. I think I'll take a break. Or, you know, I've plateaued and I can't lose anymore, so I'll just give up. All of these things, this brain chatter that goes on with us sometimes in our head is a bit of self-sabotage. I'm not sure why we tend to detriment, you know, add detriment to ourselves when we are wanting to accomplish something and it gets a little too daunting. Sometimes we'll throw something in our own way uh, to stop our progress. Some of the other things that occur to you, you begin to compare yourself to people. So take, for instance, somebody can look at my weight loss journey and say, well, 
you know, I don't think I can do as much as she did. I don't think I can accomplish that. Or you get on social media you tend to look at other people's body types. You go to the gym, you look at other people's body types. You look at what other people are doing. You start to compare yourself. And what you need to realize is you are your own body, your own shape, your own set of health issues, your own willpower. You are something different, and especially in your body type. You're different from other people. You may be a little bit older. You may live in a little bit different situation. You may have a larger family you have to cook for. You know, you may work night hours instead of day hours, but you can't compare yourself to other people and what they are trying to accomplish. Everybody is completely different. So don't set unrealistic expectations that I'm going to be as thin as that or look like that because oftentimes you won't reach that, but you can look at yourself and think, hey, I love what I'm doing, what I look like, how I feel, and stop you know, comparing yourself to uh, other people. Um, you know, there is a lot of bad info out there. So another obstacle would be to study the wrong things and get the wrong information. Now that we live in the world of the Internet and Google or, you know, whatever, uh, whatever you use, the information out there is varied. Anybody can get on and post a, you know, uh, set of instructions or ideas. Anybody can get on and post recipes. Anybody can do a podcast these days. There are many, many ways that people are getting information out there that they think is good information. But many times, a lot of this information is very unscientific. And somebody who grabs the science has a very untrained scientific mind, and they're not able to look at the studies and the information and process it correctly, especially to you. I have gone over and over. Instagram is is big for this. Well, there are so many people who post so much information, and it's you know with exercise, it's bad form. With the diets, it's the wrong uh, split of calories. It may be too low, too high, or they you know push for too little protein, too many carbs. There is just a I read one this weekend about artificial sweeteners. So artificial sweeteners are another place and another obstacle where people think, if I just use some sort of artificial sweetener, then zero calorie, well, then I'm not taking in sugar and carbs, and that is a free uh, you know, intake for me, free calories, free, free lack of calories. And that's actually couldn't be farther from the truth. Artificial sweeteners act like sugar in your body. So things like stevia, Uh, and monk fruit, those are things that really don't induce a high insulin uh, reaction in your body. When you're sitting on the couch and you think about getting up and going to get something to eat, before you even leave the couch, the moment that you start to think about food, your insulin levels start to rise and you start to push the uh, sugars that are in your blood at the moment into fat and that makes room for something else that you're going to consume. If you start to take in artificial sweeteners, artificial sweeteners like uh, Splenda or Sucralose is probably the biggest offender. It's like 600 times sweeter than sugar. What it does is it triggers 
a need to eat sweeter and sweeter things. It triggers carb craving. People who consume artificial sweeteners, especially Splenda, will consume more calories during the day and have a larger amount of issues with trying to avoid carbohydrates. They have an increase in carbohydrate addiction. And so, therefore, you gain weight, but you also stimulate insulin when you take in artificial sweeteners. So the sugars in your blood go toward fat and increase your storage of fat. So you really do gain weight on artificial sweeteners. There are some that are okay, and those are things that I can leave on the website for you, and along with a list of these obstacles and how to avoid them, I will put that up on the website this weekend when this airs and leave that as a reference for you. So the other thing then is lowering your calories too far. Many people don't realize that they eat probably up to 3,000 calories a day, 2,500, 3,000, not realizing it. Or they completely go the opposite route and don't eat enough, stay on the lines of like 900 to 1,200 calories. Your body, just to exist, just to breathe, just to get up and walk to the bathroom and back, all of these things that you do require energy. When you use a certain amount of energy every day just to live and breathe, that is your baseline. If you eat above that, then you can exercise and perform better and increase your ability to get through the day and think better and keep your energy. And then if you go above that, then those extra calories go to storage. So you always want to know what your baseline is of what your needs or your basic metabolic rate is what it's called. There are very easy calculators on the web and you can design that. And then usually if you want to lose weight, you put in whether you're very active or sedentary, you allow for extra exercise and that goes into that calculation. And then you take what you get there and reduce Reduce it just a little bit, probably about 200, 300 calories in order to effectively lose weight. If you're in a little bit of a calorie deficit, you will lose weight. If you're in a huge calorie deficit, you will burn muscle. You will not lose fat tissue. And of course, if you're consuming you know, just what you need or too many calories, then you will either plateau and stay about the same weight or too many calories, you will begin to gain weight. So in that, most people, when they talk about, you know, lowering their calories, they're already eating 2,500 to 3,000. We want you to lower your calories down to men about 1,800 to 2,000, women about 1,200 to 1,500, maybe 1,800. We're not talking about going below, far below your basic, uh, basal metabolic rate. And because, again, you will burn muscle and not fat and especially allow for that increase in exercise. So those are some of the top obstacles for the moment. I'm going to go uh, through another couple uh, here when we get back from the break. Very quickly, I would love to thank my sponsor, Harbor Hospice, who has joined me this year in order to uh, keep the better life going. But these people have been so good to me for a lot longer than just our sponsorship. Greg and Anna, Anna's the owner, and Greg is the representative. There's so many other people who are there who are very helpful to me and my patients in regard to hospice. We're going to have Greg on one of these days to explain hospice to you. Many people have in their mind that hospice is a place where you go to die, and that couldn't be farther from the truth. Hospice is a place where you go to live. 
actually studies show that you increase your quantity and quality of life by going into hospice or putting a loved one into hospice. They will actually live longer and better, studies show. And it's a huge amount of support to you and your family. And so I want you to be able to get in touch with these guys. They are spelled a little bit differently. It's H-A-R-B-O-U-R, Harbor, and it's harborhospice.com. Or you can call them at 210-403-9911, 210-403-9911. That's Harbor Hospice, H-A-R-B-O-U-R, Hospice. And also for you guys who want to uh, find me, I am here in San Antonio. I'm out in the Northwest area. I am in the Holotus area, if you're familiar with San Antonio, off of 1604 and Shanefield Road. And you can reach us at 210-698-7825. You can also find me at drpbetterlife.com in order to find information about the show, where you can go for the podcast or YouTube. I have all the links there. And also find my blog and other guests and shows and information that I've had on over this last year and a half. I'm very pleased that this has been going well for quite some time. And we would love for you to also, you can visit my website for my family practice at pinkstonfamilypracticesa.com. We're going to take a short break and come back and talk a little bit about the obstacles that are in front of you to keep you from losing weight, and we'll be right back. Forget what you think you understand about hospice. Harper Hospice in San Antonio is different and special. Hospice care is a place where a patient and their families weary from disease and frightened by their prognosis can find respite. Statistics show 90% of people would prefer to get care at home rather than in an impersonal institution. Harper Hospice comes to you, providing quality care where you live. At Harper Hospice, you, your family, and your primary physician are making the decisions and leading the care. For medical care to be successful, it needs to be personal, and it's the same for hospice care. Harbor Hospice is a locally owned hospice that focuses on personal care for their patients. If you're thinking about hospice, call Harbor Hospice at 210-403-9911. Harbor Hospice can show you how they can help your family in ways you didn't know possible. Harbor Hospice, 210-403-9911 or at harborhospice.com. That's H-A-R-B-O-U-R hospice.com. Welcome back. Thank you guys for joining me. I am Dr. Pinkston, and this is The Better Life. I'm talking about obstacles for weight loss, things that we do to put in our own way so that we stop our progress. And it's a long list. I didn't get through too many of them uh, in the very beginning. Uh, there's so many. But I want to go over a couple of things, and we have to go through them fairly quickly here at the last. But things that we do to stop our own progress, uh, emotional eating and stress eating, those are areas where people need to focus in order to help decrease their stress. I have been able to use exercise to help me decrease my stress, also meditation. And every time I get, you know, uh, stressed and I want to reach for something to eat, then I do things to try to divert my attention. And I tell you, five years ago, I made this decision to lose weight. And I had a very, very big, difficult issue about stress eating and emotional eating. 
but it's been five years and I really don't do that any longer. You will break that cycle if you can just get started. Many people will quit too soon. Also, it takes a long time for you to develop results. It can take up to six to 12 weeks before you really begin to see enough of a body change where other people will notice and you begin to see the scale lower enough or begin to see those muscle cuts. It can take some time. Most people will sit in front of me and say, Dr. Pinkston, I've been trying to lose weight and I've been working at it and I haven't seen any results and I just want to quit. And I'm like, well, how long have you been doing it? Oh, three weeks. And I have to tell people that really it's going to be much, much longer before you see the ability to see your results. Um, Also, thinking that you can go back to eating the same after you lose the weight. And so once you make these changes, again, I really try to highlight the fact that this is a lifestyle that you don't want to go back to the old way of eating. Many people tell me I'm just not ready to give up my food. And that is actually an eating disorder. If you're not able to give up something that is harming you and you continue to consume it and perform that behavior, that's actually an eating disorder. Uh, Too much cardio, not enough weights. So many times I'll sit with patients and tell them that resistance training, strength training, weights, especially in a circuit style, is much, much more important than just doing cardio. People will do cardio and do an hour, you know, six, seven times a week. And that is just going to improve your cardiovascular system and you'll get into good shape, lower your heart rate, things like that, which is very good for you, but is not the best way to lose weight. Adding muscle, doing resistance training will definitely improve that for you. Expecting a medication or a tool or a diet of some sort to do the work for you and lose the weight for you. Tools are very, very important, and you can recycle them as you go through your weight loss. But most of the time, medications or tools are there to give you a jump start so that you can see something very quickly. And then you are learning a great lifestyle behind that, and you take over from there and maintain that pattern of weight loss, having given up the medication or the tool. Sometimes you can bring them back if you get stuck a little bit, but do not expect these things to do the work for you. You still have to exercise and eat. And remember, you cannot out-exercise a bad diet. The diet and what you eat, not a diet, but the diet and what you eat is much more important than the exercise that you put into it. The exercise is important, but the diet is more so. The lack of accountability. So patients will tell me that, you know, I eat well and I'm doing the best I can or I'm not able to get out and do this because of work. I don't have enough time. People don't realize that the accountability factor is there. You have to look at your obstacles and behaviors and look at what you are doing. Again, self-sabotage or the sabotage of others. You have to take a close look in the mirror at the things and choices that you are doing and making because ultimately it comes down to you. It's not that the medication failed. It's not that the information on the Internet was bad. It's probably because you didn't make the right choices and stay with it. And to end things out a little bit, this is a big one for me, uh, For that I speak about with patients all the time, and that is I don't have the money. I know that when I was overweight and extremely exhausted, I would go home at night or head home at night 
and feel exhausted, not want to go home and cook. And, you know, it was just a long day. I would stop and pick up something to eat, sometimes a couple of times a week. With five of us at home, that was a good, you know, $60, $70 or more sometimes. And I would do that a couple of times a week. Yet I would tell myself I don't have enough money for a trainer. I don't have enough money for those supplements or that shake. I don't have enough money for the, um, you know, the gym or the hormones. A lot of patients will tell me they don't have the money for the hormones. If you break down what you are spending on things that you should not be doing, for me it was Starbucks coffee or those types of guilty pleasures. You are spending money on a phone, on a computer, on nice clothes and purses, things like that. Our priorities have to turn into ourselves and our health. And one of those things is giving up a few of those things that are bad for you where you spend extra money and just place that money into something that you enjoy and that is good for you. And you will find you actually do have the money. The last one is I don't have any time. You don't have time if you don't feel well. And if you exercise and eat right and start to lose a little bit, you are going to feel so much better. And you have to just make the time. You would make the time for your family. You would make the time to go to a movie. You would make the time to do other things that you enjoy. And I promise you, if you just get started and make the time, it's going to become something that you really enjoy. And you definitely will continue to make time for. Okay, those are a lot of them. I didn't, you know, I didn't get to address all of them. There are so many, aren't there? And it's such a shame because really taking good care of ourselves, making good decisions, putting ourselves as a priority, getting the right type of information, taking accountability, and just persevering and staying consistent. That is what it did. I was able to do to finally lose weight. I just stayed consistent. If I had a bad day, I just picked up and started over in the next hour, not just the next day. So for all of you out there, please visit drpbetterlife.com. Look at all my other shows. I've got a lot of shows on weight loss. I've got information about the weight loss injection that people are using these days. I do provide that. Go to drpbetterlife.com, the contact form, reach out to me, and the uh, 210-698-7825 is the clinic number where you can also reach out for more information. I hope everybody has a wonderful day, a wonderful week, and good luck on your new plan to lose weight. And let us know if we can help you. Thank you. You've been enjoying The Better Life with Dr. Marianne Pinkston. For more information, go to drpthebetterlife.com. That's drpthebetterlife.com. And listen next week for The Better Life with Dr. Pinkston. 